My father is one of the most physically resilient people. He could lift a car. Hi, I'm Carol Podell, and this is She Takes the Lead. Hi, party people. It's Carol. How are you today or this evening, whenever you're listening to this? I have seen better weeks. My dad had a stroke on Thursday. He is okay. He is fine. But I wanted to come on here because I wanted to let you know what the signs of a stroke are. I am a member of the what's called the sandwich generation, which is, you know, I have a young child and I have aging parents and I help with both. I mean, obviously I take care of my child <laughs> and I help take care of my parents. I mean, my parents are still pretty independent in many ways, but I definitely help take care of them in many, many ways as well. And this was totally out of left field, quite frankly. A stroke is not something that I would expect my father to have. He doesn't have a history of this. I don't believe our family has a history of this on his side. And how it unfolded was um, pretty fast. I just wanted to share with you what to look for because I didn't know. And I know that I certainly have friends who are in the same boat that I am in this Gen X millennial kids, parents kind of place. Cause you know, we've waited to have kids. So our kids are younger and our parents are older. And as I've mentioned before, both my parents also had me late in life. I say that air quote, cause it's not considered late in life now. But anyway, I, I just wanted to share so this is sort of what went down. As I said, I live in the same building with my parents. So fortunately, both my parents were home and my dad was on the phone yelling at somebody, not a friend. He was yelling that he was not getting the right service he needed and he was getting frustrated by it. And my mother was sitting there and she was listening to him talk and he started sounding weird. Like he, he started putting his words together and not making any sense. And he got off the phone and I guess he sat down and closed his eyes in his chair. They both have like little Barca loungers, just the way you'd imagine. And she came upstairs and she said, I want you to come down. Your father is not making any sense. And I, you know, and I asked her, I was like, is he not making any sense to you? Or is he not making any sense to him also? Because they've been married for 54 years. So that could go both ways. Anyway, I went downstairs and indeed he was having a lot of trouble putting his words together. Now I knew that there were certain questions that you ask when somebody has a stroke. These questions are, what is today's date and the year? Who is the president? And what is your address? Those are sort of main questions to ask because you know them automatically. It's not like you should have to recall very much to answer these questions. So I came down and he just was having a lot of trouble with his words. So I asked him these. He could answer them. It wasn't very belabored for him. So I, I kind of was like, huh, you know, we figured maybe his blood sugar is low. We took his blood sugar and indeed it was a little high. It wasn't super high, but you know, as you get older, these things get more sensitive. So I made him some eggs and toast and he ate them. And I said, I'm going to come back in a little bit when you've finished eating and see if your blood sugar is back to normal and make sure you're okay. So I came back upstairs to my apartment. I set my timer, by the way, I'm enjoying, I got an iWatch and what I'm enjoying most about it so far is that I can just say, Hey Siri, set a timer for whatever. And it just constantly sets a timer. That was Siri setting a timer when I said it. Cool. 
So my timer went off and I came back down. He had gone to bed and I woke him up and I said, how are you feeling? And he said he was, he was still feeling fuzzy. And then I asked him the questions, right? And he couldn't answer them. And he kept reaching. Now, my father is lucid. Both my parents, thank you, God, are quite lucid older people. Their minds are very much still there. So obviously this was a big deal. And he realized that he couldn't say it at this point. He couldn't talk. Now, I just, as a as an example of what this means, because I didn't understand. I had a friend who's, whose mom had a stroke. He described it. I, this is not what I envisioned. So basically, just so you're aware, when he was trying to say thank you for the eggs, that made me feel better. What came out was, uh, th- yeah, thank you, bowing me. And he really was struggling to find the words. Like that was the, I'd call it garbledygook of his wording. Generally, when you have a stroke, also you start to slur your words and he wasn't really doing that. We decided to call Hatsala. I don't know if they work outside of New York City, but they are amazing. They are a Jewish organization. They provide ambulances. They'll take you to any hospital that you ask. And they were amazing. They showed up. There were like five guys. They got him into the chair right away, like the rolling chair to get him out of the house. I wanted to go up to a hospital all the way uptown. And one of the guys said, who had taken his blood pressure, and his blood pressure was like 200 over 100, said, no, we don't have time. I was like, but his doctors are all through this particular hospital. And he said, his blood pressure is so high that time is the most important thing you have right now. He convinced me to go to a hospital that was affiliated with his that was not far away. It was like right across town. We got there maybe within four or five minutes. The hospital was amazing. They they maybe was like maybe 12 or 15 people went straight into him. They whisked him away to get a CAT scan, came back. He was still garbledygook. It was still quite an emergency. Now, I am not recommending this, just so we can be clear. I'm not a doctor. I'm not in the medical profession. According to the CAT scan, he didn't have anywhere he was bleeding. So they were able to offer what she called a blood clot buster. That's obviously not the technical term. Basically, it acts as an anticoagulant for any clot you may have, whatever clot may be in your body. It's a very specific scenario of being able to take it, though, which is also why I wanted to mention it, because you can't have any internal bleeding. So the CAT scan found out that he didn't have any kind of bleeding. You can't have any propensity for internal bleeding. Otherwise, you will continue to bleed and not clot when you need to. And also, it has to be taken within four hours of the incident. He took it at three and a half. And it either saved his life or certainly saved the quality of the rest of his life. I really debated on whether I was even going to talk about this, but the truth is that like for people who are in that sandwich generation, I mean, really for anybody who is around anybody, I mean, I've certainly been stressed enough where I felt like I was going to have a stroke. That wasn't necessarily going to happen, but to the level of heart palpitations and I get panic attacks and that kind of thing. The difference between the feeling and that actually happening, I covered 9-11. We had a lot of people who were having panic attacks while trying to work and air the news during 9-11. So I've seen like panic attacks from a really fundamental place. And now I have also seen a stroke and they are different. Regardless, you want to make sure that you go right to the doctor. But I'm also saying this because if you're in a situation where somebody seems like they're having a stroke, time is probably the most important thing. So if there's even like an inkling of a chance that you think this is probably happening, go to the emergency room.
go to the emergency room, go to the emergency room, do what you have to do to get them there as fast as possible, because that really is the game changing moment. The sooner that you get them there, the sooner they can get help. And it seems to me the more they can do. So that's my public service message. I mean, my father is probably one of the most physically resilient people I've ever met in my entire life. He's had 33 lives, so to speak. He's he's really like, he's gone through the mill and he's just so strong. I mean, I feel like when he was younger, when I was a kid, and I'm not romanticizing this, he could lift a car. I mean, and he's a big guy, but not like, you know, he's not like six, seven and 350 or something. I mean, he's six feet. He was like a strong guy, just uniquely strong, right? And resilient. Um, and also like fearless, like to a fault, frankly, <laughs> but like, we'll just plow through. And in this case, it seemed like it really helped. His instinct, he has this like kind of wildly strong survival instinct, I think. And so this helped that even though he's older. You know, when I was a kid, it was probably like the early 80s, I guess somewhere in there. I was at home. My mom was home. My father like ran into the house saying that he had gotten mugged in the elevator with the dog with him. The guy had come into the building, gotten in the elevator with my father and basically pulled a gun on him, took his money, took his watch, got off on the next floor and then pressed the top floor and told him if he got off on any floor besides that, that he'd kill him. Like scary shit. And my father basically rode up, I think, three flights, got out, ran back down to our apartment, told my mom to call the police, proceeded to go and get the biggest butcher knife he could find and went out looking for the guy. <laughs> so, and by the way, don't do that for multiple reasons, not the least of which is that you could get killed. Um, also, you don't want to murder anybody either. This was, again, the 70s and 80s in New York City. Very different place, very different time. Please, this is not me advocating that at all. And fortunately, my father was not able to find the man who mugged him because that would have led to quite the kerfuffle. I'm happy to have my father here with me today. But that's his kind of fearless, irrational, resilient strength. He's just that guy. Like you want him on your side in an emergency. He's awesome. You want him on your side no matter what. They both are. Like the two of them are probably the strongest people I've met, either physically or emotionally resilient. It's crazy. Anyway, I feel very lucky, very blessed. I mean, we really got lucky is the truth. Like we just got so lucky. I mean, we made as good of a decision we could make in the moment that we were in it. But you know, the truth is that doesn't always work. Like that's not always the right decision. I could have just as easily pushed and had the guy take us all the way uptown and this would have looked very different. And I know myself, I can be stubborn as hell. So I'm glad I listened to the professionals. And for my sandwich generation peers, just keep these things in mind. I'm in it with you. We need each other. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you heard, please hit subscribe. Also, if you want to keep in touch, go to Insta at About a Blonde or Facebook at About a Blonde Official. Also, you can sign up for my mailing list at www.aboutablonde.com. Have a great day. Mwah.